This is Nobody Likes Casey McLean, with your host, the one and only person who thinks this podcast should exist, Casey McLean. Hey, it's the Nobody Likes Casey McLean podcast, back for another week to see if I can convince anybody to like me. Today's guest is Brianda Agramonte. She's an actress and a podcaster, a content creator from New York City, which sounds a lot like the Pace Picante commercial on accident. Uh, she's been on Orange is the New Black along with other things. Very funny and a great podcast called Super Trip Talk. Um, she has a couple... So, so this, uh, this is why I like Brianda... And we we talk about it on the podcast, but she is, what did she call herself? Uh, intellectually free. And this is something that I've strived to be in my life, not just politically, but when I think about sports, when I think about um, anything, finances, whatever. Like, trust that if I go through enough intellectual process and reach a conclusion that does not match the consensus that I may feel pressure to agree with to trust my gut and to go with it. And I think Brianda is that I would, uh, I would suspect that the politically Brianda would fall left of center. I actually had an argument about this on, uh, on Twitter Someone told me, or someone posted a thing that basically centrists don't exist. And I find that kind of thing to be frustrating. Because they're like, oh, you think the same person can believe that, like, what was the example he gave? Like, people should be kidnapped off the streets, but we shouldn't get rid of the worst guns, something like that. And... What you do then is you just take these like two extremes and you go, oh, you think someone could share these beliefs? And I've never even thought about those two beliefs in the same person. To me, what being a centrist is, is going like, yeah, but, you know, when they go, we should have universal basic income. I go, yeah, but if you're just giving everybody a thousand dollars then you're not actually narrowing the wealth gap, right? You're just raising the floor and raising... So I guess you could take care of it. It's, it's more complicated than that, is the point. People will say stuff like, uh, the most fair thing you can have is a flat tax rate. And you go, yeah, but... Is this our ultimate goal? Is it... Is everything merit-based or should... Does part of our quality of life come from everybody's quality of life? So like in Mexico, for example, people, there's like a big kidnapping problem among American diplomats, I think. At least that's what the movie Man on Fire taught me. And part of the reason is because there is wealth and poverty at such odds with each other. And what some people don't realize is part of what makes the American lifestyle so good is that everybody has it pretty good. And when everybody stops having it pretty good, 
because whatever bullshit reason you think, like uh, they can't pull themselves up by their bootstraps or whatever, your life starts to get worse. So I view centrism as that is like, I don't like, I might agree with something most of the way. For example, I'm going to vote for Joe Biden, but I don't think he's a good candidate. And he's probably a centrist, by the way. Here's a good one. Here's a good, uh, yeah, but I liked, uh, I like Bernie. I like the burn dog. He's been more consistent than any politician. He's got some of the same stuff in him, some of the same charm that's a certain segment of Trump supporters find in Trump, which is that he is so not interested in being a completely popular politician. He's been able to be elected in Vermont, but he's not interested in in walking lockstep with his party, with a party. He's run as an independent for for years, and this year he was the election cycle. He got uh. As the kids say these days, he got bodied. The moderate wing of the Democratic Party conspired, small c conspired, to get a moderate candidate in front of the Democratic Party, of which the voters, 60% of them, Wanted a Democrat. So you'll hear people say like, oh, Bernie got fucked. Bernie got scammed. They fucked him again. Or another way to look at that is democracy prevailed. (laughs) 60% of the Democratic Party, the majority, got what they want. They wanted, which was a moderate. Yeah, but that's what centrism is. not, Not this like holding two extremely and conflicting uh, viewpoints. I'm not religious, and I'm not going to start because Joe Biden or Nancy Pelosi or whoever tell me that I need to be religious to their and devoted to their cause. (laughs) <laughs> what a stupid way to intro this podcast, by the way. Brianna's great. I hope you enjoy her. She's really funny on this. It's not super serious. That's just the thing that I really respect about Brianda is her intellectual freedom. She's had, uh, she's had, I guess you'd call them prominent centrists or conservatives on the on her podcast. Zuby, the rapper, is the one that comes to mind. Uh. Yeah, be intellectually free. Think for yourself. Why would you not think for yourself? I know it's easier, but but for as a left leaning guy, I am turned off. I I turned down religion in my in my childhood. 
I'm not going to accept this eternal damnation threat from a 23-year-old recent college graduate. Come on. So Brianda's great. Listen to her podcast, Super Trip Talk. Uh, check her out on Twitter at That's Brianda. Oh, man. Is it That's Brianda or Hey, That's Brianda? That's Brianda. Yes, it's That's Brianda. Uh, B-R-I-A-N-D-A. Check her out. That's Brianda. Podcast is Super Trip Talk. Uh, she hasn't put out an episode in a while. We talked about that on the podcast. She's going to she's gonna start releasing episodes again at some point. Subscribe now, and they'll find their way to your phone. Uh, again, for the 84th time, please enjoy this conversation with Brianda. Hey, this is the Nobody Likes Casey McLean podcast. Please check out my stand-up dates at thecaseymcclain.com. Also, follow me on all social media at thecaseymcclain. Check out stand-up clips and videos of mine at youtube.com slash caseymcclain. This podcast is brought to you by Anchor. Anchor is where I host this podcast. It's where the file sits. It's also a great place if you want to start a podcast where you can record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. When you're hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast to all the listening platforms, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Whatever you're listening to this podcast on, you can get your podcast to that platform very easily. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Wow, this is a disaster. Sorry, Case. <laughs> okay, let me see. Hello? Hey, can you hear me? Yes. Okay, cool. <laughs> We're going to call it good. Don't touch anything. Yo, uh, that's crazy. Okay, we made it a half hour after our call time. <laughs> <laughs> you know what it did, what it gave me time to do is uh, I found your IMDb pray. page. I found, no, I didn't pray. I found your IMDb page. <laughs> Oh my God, how pitiful. No, that's okay. <laughs> of, of me, of me, not your investigative abilities. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, uh, which I didn't realize uh, that you were in Orange is the New Black. Is that right? Mm -hmm. Is that the, the yes. right Brianda? I found, if you, uh, I'm not going to tell you what to Google. I'm not, because, uh, <laughs> my governmentals. Yeah, I know. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, that's it cool. It doesn't matter. You can say it. Yeah, no, Brianda Agramonte. Is my name. You can go and they probably don't fucking know how to spell it. Yeah, that's <laughs> unless fine. it'll be on the description of this podcast. No, I'll probably just call you Brianda because that's the that's your uh, your podcast name. That's like your rap name is your podcast name. Uh, yeah, I'm offended that you said that. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, it's it's uh, it's my real name too. Wow, I'm such a narcissist. I keep looking at the damn screen. Can we just like hide this shit? Oh, we can. Oh, my God. Amazing. I won't have to look at myself like the fucking vain bitch that I am. That's Hi, okay. Casey. You can say, oh, you're looking at me only. You don't want to do that. You should put you on the screen <laughs> instead of me. That's not um, absolutely not. No. All right. I so, want to look at you. So I was I went back and looked at why because uh, I know you. I know you as being like comedy adjacent in New York. <laughs> right. Is that a fair assessment? <laughs> Yo, uh, sure. I've had that. The reason why I laugh is because it's it's been said 
about me before. And I'm like, I don't know whether to feel insulted or <laughs> like, well, but yes, no, let, I get what you mean. Let I me understand. tell you why. Yes, you're right. Because comedians only give a shit about comedy more than comedy gives a shit about them or <laughs> the world cares about comedy for comedians. Comedy is their whole world. For most of the world, nobody gives a shit about comedy. And so I'm one of these narcissists that I, I, uh, I interviewed this dude, uh, Lewis Logic, who's a rapper in New York, uh, for last week's episode. And I was telling him that, like, I view everything he's going through. I just, like, filter it back through the, the lens of, of, uh, comedy. My wife's a teacher. I can only relate teaching to back to her in terms of comedy. Like, there's no, I have no other method. So I know you're comedy adjacent because you interviewed Mike Cannon. Uh, that was the first episode of your podcast I think I listened to. You also have two Twitter follow uh, followers that I'm extremely jealous of, which are oh. Andrew Schultz and Bridget Fetisy. Are oh, fucking Bridget. She's so great, right? Yes, she's amazing. Uh, that's actually one of the reasons I think I really enjoy you is there's this uh, – I think this like kind of new wave of non of like true political independence uh coming through that are not like I'm going to I'm going to say some names and I'm always worried that one of these names has been canceled recently for uh a barely problematic essay that they wrote but uh like Megan Dom, Coleman Hughes, uh Brett Weinstein like or Weinstein probably is what he goes by I think like Weinstein yeah those people to me are like probably like left leaning, but like real independence, uh, independence. Bridget Fetisy. There's a lady in, uh, in Seattle who, if you don't follow her already, you should check out named Katie Herzog. Have you ever heard of her? No, I know the documentarian Herzog. Whatever oh, okay. that dude's name. Warner? About the Is Bears. That Warner? <laughs> yeah. That's just the only other Herzog I know. I've never, I have no idea what, uh, <laughs> Casey, I hate to interrupt this. Like, I mean, I'm really, I mean, I'm also high, but like, I'm really getting into what you're saying. I wanted to make a pin though. So speaking of Bridget and, you know, being, as you were saying, like free thinking, independent thinking, uh, mm -hmm. kind of like almost like liber liberate, really intellectually liberated. Yeah. But uh, I heard Rogan say something to, I think it was Duncan Trussell, maybe. Uh, oh, no, no, no. It was his interview with, uh, Annie Letterman and uh, Whitney Cummings. And he was saying that Bridget told him that she was reading through her journals from when she was 24. And in her journal entries, she was the most like radical liberal, like some of the <laughs> things she would say, like wouldn't even make sense. It didn't register. So she, I don't know. I, I, I thought about that and I was like, huh, Maybe we all have to go through that like moment in time where we do just spew out what we're programmed to spew out and like yes world peace yabba dabba dabba. But then eventually, the older you get, I mean, that's why that expression. Uh, fuck, I'm too. I don't know what the expression is, but like the the older you become, you know, the more you um venture out into like actual adulthood where you have bills and you have a house and you have a family like you have a kid mm -hmm. you start to look at things a little less idealistically yeah yeah uh i think i think yeah, maybe i'm gonna i'm gonna reach for the phrase i think or the at least i can never get it right but i believe it was winston churchill 
and he said that uh, if you are young and you're not liberal, you don't have a heart, and if you're old and you're not conservative, you don't have a brain. Is basically the yeah. And so I'm yep, not something like that. I'm certainly not conservative. This is where I've uh, I've been in my life. I was like a well to start with, and I want to talk about religion with you also. But I was a very young atheist, like a real true atheist, like a uh, even like an altruistic atheist. I wasn't militantly against religion. I was never part of a church. I just was like this one logically doesn't make sense. Two morally, I can't say that if you don't believe in Christianity, you're like going to hell that's uh, that's a bridge too far for me at like seven years old uh so i'm not conservative but i I would at one point i would have called myself libertarian um probably like when i was 18 or something like that uh when you're 18 and you know everything and you think you say shit like uh these people just need to work harder uh about anybody (laughs) right like about anybody that it's not and i mean obviously there's groups that are uh historically disenfranchised but it's just like anybody uh, or like uh, what was the one the one that always got me to think back on is like welfare will just be handled by private funds. Like the just generosity yeah. of rich people is what's going to is what's going to. Yeah, where is that coming from? Yeah. Like, do we not, where are we? Are we asking the hard hitting questions here? <laughs> like, right. And so as a, like I, I definitely became more liberal. And then I think like I had like a uh, I feel like I'm moving back. I feel like I've stayed the same since I was 25 or something like that. And then the world has shifted left. Do you feel that way also? Uh, that's, uh, hmm. No, I don't feel that way. I definitely think that I am shifting and changing okay. my ideas. Uh, n- I mean, not my ethics or my morals, right? right? But I'm definitely a little more flexible when it comes to adopting uh, different ideas, just because the world is freaking changing uh, yeah. every fucking second. This pandemic has really revealed that. I mean, mm-hmm. this is unprecedented. These are unprecedented times. And like, I feel like I'm more I'm acutely aware of just how um, manipulated I am by my surroundings and my environment. Yes. Um, and also I don't, I don't know. I just, I don't take life that seriously. So I, my, that's my fucking cat scratching my door. <laughs> but, <laughs> um, I, I don't know. I, I feel like none of my ideas really are that precious. So I don't know, like, okay. I mean, okay. This is going to sound like a t- tangent, like hi, Tangie, we call them on my pod, but like, I don't know. What if I, what, what if, I mean, this is just an example here. I'm not saying I subscribe to this notion, but what if, you know, I was really talking shit about, I was adamantly opposed to, uh, young adolescent Dominican pickpocketers in the capital of DR Santo Domingo. I was really adamantly against them for many years. I was a part of this. I was a part of a lobby group that I don't know. We're lobbying against youth, the Dominican youth, <laughs> yeah, yeah. youth pickpocketers, right? But what? But one day, maybe in this hypothetical situation, I managed to share a three-hour bus ride in DR with a young kid who happened to be a pickpocketer, and like we end up 
chopping it up and like talking about a bunch of shit, you know, like you get the kid high. Ma- yeah. We share a joint. <laughs> he likes matcha tea. I like matcha. Like if I gain a connection with this kid, who knows? Maybe I'll be down to pickpocket. I don't know. <laughs> like, I but you get no. But you get what I'm saying? Yeah, I think <laughs> like, I think the other thing about that is when you go like uh it's like when you used to hear growing up, they're like if you get a candy from somebody it might it, on Halloween, it might have razor blades in it. And then you find out that like maybe it happened once or never and is an urban legend. You can you have to like take that information <laughs> in and stop caring about that right you have to stop ruining your family's lives and being annoying because we now know that's not true yeah (laughs) so if you found out that like pickpocketing is from there's like six instances or the lady the lady that got uh uh, kidnapped and maybe murdered in uh aruba and now like aruba is the kidnap and murder capital of the world in a lot of people's minds because one white lady in like the 80s got kidnapped there and mm-hmm. you have to like, I mean, I, I like it from, I prefer data to talking to, uh, Dominican children is my preference. I just like to look at, <laughs> I'd rather look at a spreadsheet. I don't know where I came up with that. Honestly, <laughs> I don't know where I came up with Yo, Casey, do you remember that girl, uh, Elizabeth Smart? Yes. Yo, my life was wrapped up around this girl's kidnapping. Like I still to this day sometimes think like, Damn. I mean, she's rolling it now. You know, she got like two books on the way. Like she's good. Maybe yeah. get like a pilot or something. But like to think about the amount of trauma that you, someone had to have experienced in that scenario like yeah she was gone for freaking years and i remember being in elementary school and like constantly asking my dad like dad did they find elizabeth smart did they find that bitch yet? <laughs> yo i i don't know why i brought that up but that really like scared me for real like in a real way there's a great, i'm also like paranoid but whatever there's a great patrice joke have you seen that where he's like uh he's like you could tell yes. how, it's like i think it's you can tell how attractive you are Based on how long they would look for you if you went they missing. Look for you. <laughs> yeah. And then he looks at a lady in the front row. He's like, and I'm, I'm, he's like, you're six months. You're about three days. <laughs> yeah. And there, wait, listen. And he's not lying. Yeah. He is not lying because we were searching for Elizabeth Smart for fucking like years. She would be headlining news. If Elizabeth Smart was a, was a black girl, that would not be the case. You know how many black women are uh, kidnapped and like trafficked and shit at a, uh, and they're and literally they make no news no headlines the media does yeah. not cover it at all like we need that's why black twitter is so great because they're kind of their own i mean great and, and they and terrible at the same time but that's every group <laughs> but like they literally have to take place for the fbi or like even media coverage because our society isn't going to do it for us but he was not lying when he said that man truth teller patrice o'neill rest in peace yeah. to go well, that's a, it's funny you say that because you say like black Twitter is not all good and all bad. And I think that's a, there's a, uh, an idea that's hard for people to get their head around, but the idea, and not just politically, but that black people are not a monolith, right? That, uh, so politically there's, they're historically black people are tremendously loyal to the democratic party. Um, and I think like you could almost argue at some point to their detriment, uh, and then I think that there's like, um, an expect, I think, it, so that's like, 
I don't know. I guess some people would view that as positive. And then there's shit where we just ex- we have the same expectations for, uh, I, I think I, I'm not high, but I, I think I lost track of what I was saying. <laughs> um, you were saying how, uh, I was saying that, um, oh, and I just want to amend what you said. I said that, um, black Twitter, I have my qualms about black Twitter, but I also have qualms about every single other group on Twitter. Yeah, that's actually, that's like, what I meant. It wasn't exclusive to them. It's literally every group does it. Every group, sometimes they have this like monolith- monolithic mentality of whatever group they represent. And they're, especially now it's election season, you know, they're pushing their ideas down our throats yeah. because guess what? It also makes money. Like right. half the time, I bet you they're not, e- they don't even, the groups don't really ever even care about whatever the fuck they're, sometimes, I don't know. I'm just, maybe I'm, talking shit here or maybe i'm really potting here but like sometimes i'm like do you even really care about the cause or do you care about the friction and the fire that happens that, right you know whenever there's beef like um um fucking messaging you i because i've been laying i've been offline you know for mental health reasons mm-hmm. and but because we've been messaging i've been catching glimpses of what's been happening like the candace owens and cardi b beef on twitter Mm-hmm. which I, I could not like, I I need to like, I could not dive into that because of my brain cells. Uh, <laughs> I really already have so little and I'm fucking fried half the time. But um, I was like, what the, they both push their own agendas and they're both being used. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? It was just so dumb. It was both of them. The exchange was so dumb. You know, that Candace Owens has a book coming out. So half the time people do this shit. It's just to push their own narrative ideas and, or, their vending machine company yeah. in and out of Nebraska. Well, that's the thing. I, I was what? saying, I had a conversation with my buddy who's a comic and the, what's his name? Gabe Rutledge, Washington States, I would say Pacific Northwest's best comedian. Uh, oh, oh, comedy. Okay, Jay. He's on Comedy Central. He's been on uh, some other shit. Yeah, but what does that mean anymore? Well, he was on Comedy Central <laughs> in the 90s or so. No, not the 90s, the early 2000s. So back when it oh, meant okay. something. Okay, so. Yeah, he's, uh, but we were talking about um, how in the 90s and the 2000s, the early 2000s, I didn't have to know what the My Pillow guy, who he was voting for, right? I didn't have to know, like, Cardi B's opinion on the economy. Why? She's not an economist. You know what I mean? Like she's she's a powerful voice and we should allow her to be a voice for the things that she can speak on. And why are we Yeah, I don't and I don't Candace Owens is like such a weird um such a weird like she just seems like a troll to me. Well, no, she de- I mean, sure, yeah, no, she is. I mean, by definition, that's what she would be. Hers is just a little more she's like a sanitized troll. <clears throat> yeah. So, but, but I guess my, my worry about calling Candace Owens a troll is that am I doing the same thing where I'm assuming that because she's a conservative, she's somehow like, not to, not to quote our, my preferred presidential candidate, Joe Biden, but because she's a conservative, she's not black. Do you know what I mean? Like, am I, it am I ridiculous? Am I projecting the monolith that I'm saying is not there onto Candace Owens? Uh, it's just so dumb. That's just so dumb. And like, <laughs> it's, you know what I mean? Like, what would that even also, I mean, why would Biden even say that? Like, yeah. did you see that interview? It was so bizarre. Like the fact that he's even, I mean, the one thing that I did read that I kind of 
stand I'm, I'm, I'm with it is that she was like she she was questioning why the Democrats use these different figures in hip hop and entertainment to conduct these interviews when it would be so much more useful and beneficial for people who care about the state of the union and politics and, you know, the ones that are really involved, they would want to hear from someone who can ask legitimate questions. Again, I'm a, I'm a dum dumb. So I don't know what those questions would be or like which ones would sound what, right. But like, I know for a fact that Charlamagne, the God and Cardi B wouldn't be my go-to people to have these conversations. So like that, in that sense, I, I think that, um, I think Charlemagne's all right, by the way, I think he's a pretty good interviewer and he's done a good job uh, with the presidential candidates. You ever like this? I don't want to say. I don't. No, 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 no. I love. No, no, no. I, I, I like him a lot. I respect his, his, what he's done for himself and for so many other people. But it's just not who I would. Go, I would go for him to talk about entertainment, sucking farts out of people's butts, and mental <laughs> health shit. Because that's like what. He, like you know what I mean? There. I don't know. I wish people would would stick to their arenas. I guess. But like, who am I to fucking say that? Who am I to say that? Yeah. Um, and also Cardi has a big influence. So and it's smart of her to use it in the way she's doing, because she really does believe the, sh- the shit that she talks about, you know, which is yeah. great. And maybe also. But two things can be true. She really gives a fuck about what she's talking about. She has this influence and she's very aware of it. Um, and the also the, uh, the other thing that can be true true is that she maybe could be a little better versed in the things that she's talking about it would yeah. give her more credibility it would also entice her following to then do their own research themselves but instead they're just getting like superficial like talking points that someone wrote for her you know what i mean it would be nice if maybe she could use that and actually dive in like maybe learn but you're right she's not an economist she's not a you know you know what I mean? I, I, I don't know if, if what I'm saying is making sense. No, yeah, I but think- I do agree that you're right with the whole monolithic idea for for different like groups. Yeah. I mean, obviously, it gets used for other people, too. Right. Like I've I've seen a lot of people, um, friends of mine who are like, uh, I guess when you're sad and you're white, you should just ask your parents to buy you another car or something like that. And I'm like, I couldn't even get my parents to co-sign a loan for me. Uh, like the, you know what I mean? Like the, it's not, which isn't like, I didn't have a bad life, but it's not, not every, every, uh, that's a, that's like a monolithic image of white families. Also, uh, I think the thing about Cardi B is Cardi B probably does have a story to tell in politics. That's like related to oppression and shit like that. And the way she's been treated badly as a woman and as a person of color, uh, and we should talk to her about that stuff and allow her to express her. And I mean, she, she's allowed to do whatever she wants, but I think she's probably got a valuable thing on that. I don't know that we need her to be like now the lasting pandemic images of her is just saying coronavirus in a crazy way. You know what I mean? She's not an epidemiologist. Coronavirus. Oh, my God. That seems like five years ago. It, I think it was. I think it was actually three decades ago. Jesus Christ. Um. Well, so what I I have this. Wait, can I can I talk to you about something? I'm sorry, I'm taking over your show. That's fine. I'm literally talking to you in this silk kimono. This is the kind of vibe I'm on. (laughs) (laughs) I'm wearing no makeup. I fucking didn't prepare for this. I'm such a fucking asshole. Even though I do know you're in Washington State, you're a comic. I think you're really cool. Yeah, that's good. That's preparation. That's preparation. I haven't got. I've worn uh, long pants two times since March. 
Um, oh yeah, what kind of pants? Just jeans, just for comedy shows. We had a brief stretch where live You've comedy was You've been performing? Was le- we had a brief stretch where live comedy was legal and I did five shows in that stretch and then uh I've done two backyard shows and I'm going to I'm doing as much as I like the safest possible way. I'm going to get up as much as I can. Uh it's I'm yeah. one of like be, with that though i'm like one of five people that's doing comedy on a semi-regular basis in washington state because it's either you're doing okay, it in a backyard no. yeah that's nice it's nice except for it doesn't pay that well anymore you know the the i mean the backyard shows were they paying that well ever in washington state i was doing okay uh you could be a road feature and make all right money and then if you're like a road headliner um D- have you ever thought about moving to new york i mean not not now, but before pandemic, you know what I mean? Like, did you ever yeah. think about taking your talents to like yeah. major cities? For sure. I, uh, I love New York. First off, it's uh, probably my favorite city in the country. Um, I have a wife and a kid and both of our families are here and like, uh, aging parents and stuff like that. So I'll probably never move to New York or LA permanently. But I do I have the green light if I get a union writing job in either city, we can move to one of those cities like uh, as long as the contract is or whatever. It would be difficult. It would be. Uh, but for sure, I've thought about it. I think about it all the time. Um, in fact, the, mm. du- the dude, uh, Lewis Logic, who I think, by the way, when your podcast is back up and running, would be a good guest for you. He's like uh, he's sober. But he's uh like incredibly smart and introspective dude. Um and has lived in New York his whole life. And he's like, dude, you gotta move to what are you doing in Washington? Move to New York. And I was like, I know that's really easy to say. But I mean, not anymore. Well, yeah, I mean it's probably actually in some ways easier right now because isn't rent getting cheaper there? Yeah, rent's getting cheaper, but everything else is getting worse. Like, yo, every let me tell you something that happened to me today. So I came back from, uh, I went to visit my family this weekend. There was a little bit of family drama and like, and also too, with you said the the thing about aging parents and shit, that shit is real, especially mm-hmm. the older you get. Like I wasn't prepared for these feelings, <laughs> but I just got back from uh, Massachusetts this weekend. And yesterday I was painting a deck and my mom buys and sells homes in, in Massachusetts. And I was so fucking busy this weekend. And for whatever reason, I have no idea, but my freaking um, my wallet gets stolen. And then we oh, find wow. the wallet and like all of my cards are gone. And I was like, fuck, except they left my fucking ID, which thanks. That's actually, very nice. That's actually very nice. Though. You could do the rest I mean, of it online, but the ID is difficult. Oh, God. But you know what? I guess you're right. I was like pissed and happy at him at the same time. I was like, oh, fuck you, asshole. Oh. I was a little turned on because I like assholes. <laughs> but anyways, so so I, I, I get back today and I'm like, fuck, you know, I I, I didn't want to. Um, uh, what what happened? No, no, I think I canceled my card. Yeah. I canceled everything, obviously. And I thought, wait, fuck. When I get to back to New York, I'm gonna have to like take the train there. It, I'm gonna arrive at like noon like fuck what am i gonna do i didn't have any money on my card and i said you know what it's fine it's a pandemic time i'm just gonna tell one of the people one of the tellers and i didn't want to spend money on a fucking hundred dollar uber 
Mm-hmm. That's the other thing. Um, but I go to the teller and I'm like, hi, I have, I have something, I have an issue here. I, my wallet was stolen yesterday. They took all my things and I didn't have time to refill my Metro card, which for those of you who don't know, it's just like what the Metro train and bus systems, that's how we get around. Yeah. In Boston, it's a Charlie ticket. In New York, it's called a Metro card. And um, she, literally, she screams through the microphone in the booth, in the little ticket booth. She goes, are you serious? Can you fucking believe this? In front of asking everybody. Literally, I'm mortified, Casey, mortified. I'm like, oh, my God. I just took this edible like two hours ago, and I am smacked anywhere <laughs> yelling at me. And she was like, she was like, we just made, we just took the free rides off because of you guys. That's what you guys wanted. And now y'all always asking for free shit, free things, everything, everything. Y'all ain't going to be too happy when they shut this whole shit down. And I was like, oh, my God, I cannot believe I'm being ripped a new one this early. <laughs> early but also new york and then after she after her fucking two minute tangential fucking ripping of my asshole she was like i go through the first gate (laughs) (laughs) that's the that's the thing about new york is i love new york because of that like the high uh it's like uh, high intensity with the high intensity comes like the greatest food it's to me the greatest food city i've ever been to uh, mm-hmm. the I mean, literally, like my favorite shit in New York is like a shitty halal cart or like an unknown, uh, like Italian. I mean, there's yeah. just every fucking block has good food on it, and um, uh, I've realized that though I like that, I can I could also do like living in the wilderness, uh, away okay. from people, never seeing anybody, because at the beginning of all this. I didn't leave my house for like probably 60 days. I didn't drive, I don't think, for 90 days. I left my house, but I like never, outside of walking my dog, I never even left our property. And, uh, it's, uh, I have realized that like the New York thing, there's maybe, maybe it's an age thing or having a kid, but I think now New York is less enticing than it's ever been. Also, because if there's a pandemic, it spreads like wildfire there. Mm-hmm. Mm. It's not just New York. Sure. It's uh it's every single kind of major metropolitan area. Yeah. Right now there's no value in these uh big building cities because those office buildings are basically placeholders for like what's yet to come. We're gonna go back to like the warehouse ages and these warehouses yeah. are about to house a bunch of robots, motherfuckers. Yeah. Like Things are changing. It's the whole this. It's I mean, I the, the more I sit and think about it, the more I'm like, fuck, man, I didn't even get to be rich. Shit. Like, <laughs> damn it. I missed my damn wave. I missed the window. You know what I mean? Like, I'm legit thinking, like, am I about to have to fucking masturbate on camera to, like, get a big, big bag, which I'm not. Hello, I'm Christian. But I'm just saying, oh, damn it. Are and you Adventist? Because I said that. What? Are you Adventist? I saw you say something about Adventist. Uh, my mom is okay. my mom is right now and she was converted at the top half of the pandemic before that she was like nothing oh and really then, yeah i was raised in a very secular home um and my mom grew up seventh day adventist evangelical however way you want to look at it and she drifted away from the church the second she moved out like gotcha. i mean that, that's a whole nother story in dr growing up at the time that she did but she gave that up for years i'm talking about three decades and then at the top half of this 
uh, this pandemic, she had this, she had a big issue selling this house. She basically bought this house at the worst possible time. And the pandemic, I mean, so many people were fucked. Mm -hmm. So many businesses were fucked at the top half of this. And they're still fucked. I mean, New York City closed down over 4,000 restaurants. But anyways, back to this. So my um, my mom at the top half, she was so gutted. I'm a fucking huge disappointment. Her, her, her other daughter's another disappointment. Like, she was in a really low place, motherfucker. Like, she was really in a low place. And she found God again, like, you know what they say, like that Eckhart Tolle dude, Tolle dude, he always says like, sometimes you got to like hit bottom to have nothing in order to be like, oh shit, what does that mean? What mm -hmm. does I have nothing mean? What is this? Like you start having, maybe it's dissociation, I don't know, but it happened to her and it manifested in like a newly found faith with her new Adventist fucking friends that are so annoying. They'd be singing on Zoom. They sound so bad. Can I tell you something, man? These churches, these women sound so bad. My mom took me to church on Saturday. Oh, God. When I tell you, this bitch was Zooming from like New Mexico or some shit. They put the fucking ghetto ass projector down. I'm like, Mommy, when I make it, we got to put some money into this church because this shit ain't it. Have you seen Hillsong? Hillsong has the fog machines and shit. But anyways, this lady like starts singing and it is so bad. Like, it is so bad. And I'm, I literally look to God and I'm like, God, I'm sorry. I'm literally doing what you tell me not to do. Like, please have grace on me. But like, this person is singing your song. Like, she's telling you you're the redeemer. But why does she sound so flat and pitchy? That's funny. Like, and my, my mom was like, Brianda, it's not about sounding like Mariah Carey, Brianda. It's the message. It's the message of the song, the God. And I'm like, yeah, bitch. Well, can she at least tune up shit? We gotta get auto tune. They gotta pay for an auto tune machine for that church. Something. Can we max it? Master this shit. Like it's so bad. That's. Uh, I don't even know where I was going with this. Well, I, I think that's. So we talked about not being uh, monolithic, and then you're a Christian who does psychedelics, who's high right now, uh, mm -hmm. and then there's like. So I listened to the last episode of your podcast today in preparation, which uh, <laughs> which is funny because. Uh, you and your co-host slash producer, Ty, were talking about all the things I've been in this exact position in my life, by the way, you talk about all the things you want to do to like, make it better and like re-engage yourself and re-engage the fan base and all that stuff. And then you're like, fuck, that's a lot of work. And I'm, you know, not enjoying this right now. Anyway, I'm not, I'm projecting that onto you. And then you, uh, stop doing it. Is that. First off, maybe the stuff about how you're like, because I think maybe traditionally we don't associate psychedelics and weed and even like meditation with Christianity, but you, those things live, all live inside of you. Oh my God. Hell yeah. Symbiotically, man. I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have like been on my like Bible reading and church shit and like, oh my God. I, and I'm still swearing. I'm not perfect, obviously, but I wouldn't have gone there if it weren't for, for psychedelics mm -hmm. and like psychedelic treatment. And I was just doing it. I was really just doing it to treat my depression. Like, and that's on some real shit. The rest of the, the, whatever happened after I did not anticipate, I did not prepare for, but like, have you ever done mushrooms and read the Bible? It is, <laughs> I mean, it is some odd. And if you don't like to read, I don't know, like audible, the Bible, the, the audio book of the Bible. <laughs> I don't know whatever you got to do, but like, just close your eyes and like try it because even and even if you don't adopt like it's I wasn't going into it to adopt anything like I said I was like painfully like relentlessly uh secular in thought 
and some maybe even atheistic. I was more of a Christian when I was an atheist than I am a Christian now. Who <laughs> like, <laughs> someone else said that? I don't know where I heard that, but I was like, oh man, I feel that so much. But well, yeah, no, they were they worked in tandem. So as I get older, I'm not I'm not uh, I'm no more religious. But I used to be like at a time in my life, I was like kind of a militant atheist. Uh, like I was engaging in these oh, arguments. Those are the worst. They are. They're the, I've said this about like like atheists have a tone of conversation that is so condescending where it's like uh, the one that I've, I've heard so many times is like, oh, so you really believe in Noah's Ark? And it's like, who gives a shit about Noah's Ark? The they're like, oh, we and the, yeah, there's always a dumb argument around Noah's Ark. Both sides have a dumb argument. And the it's not a it's not a a documentary series about Noah's Ark. It's a moral story, right? Like the fucking. The, so as an adult, though, I'm more empathetic to religious people, especially like you and I live in. I live near Seattle. I've had access to like a cultural center of this region my whole life. But if you grow up in a small town, you meet all your friends at church. All of the entertainment you consume is at church. You probably date someone from that church. And of course, people are drawn to the church in smaller towns. And then even without that, you're like in this place in a cultural, you're in a cultural center. And I would imagine there's like temptation on one side, but also like it's almost that's like a respite from all of that, from all of New York, all of what New York City offers. The church can be like a respite from that, I would assume. Uh, well, listen, I won't even go that deep. I'm just saying like I grew up poor and I like and even then, even when I was poor, I would say we still have a secular home. But 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 like looking back in hindsight, I see just how embedded like Christ and faith was in my household. I just wasn't paying attention to it in a lot mm -hmm. of people who come from like poor families or poor and disenfranchised, the reason why those areas have a higher rate of like uh, Anglo or like Christian Abrahamic religions is what I mean to say, at least yeah. in the States is because shit, man, when you're poor, you ain't got none but your faith. Like yeah. there it, it's, it must be nice to fucking be so set and stable and secure in your life and family that you don't have to, uh, search within spiritually or develop a spiritual practice. It must be fucking nice. But when you don't have anything and when you were <laughs> raised with nothing, man, that, that, that belief, that principled belief allows you to think that to really acknowledge how much abundance you truly have, yeah. even though you're wearing a coat to bed because your parents can't afford to put on the heater, even though your fucking parents put food in butter, fucking old butter containers. <laughs> it's, a, my family. it's a reason for optimism, right? Like that's you, if you're wealthy or affluent in, a, in other ways, your reason for optimism is just like looking at your family going like, yeah, one yeah. day I'm going to be this rich dude that owns a house, I guess. Uh, yeah. And if you're not, then you can use the Bible as your reason for optimism, which we all kind of need reasons for optimism, right? By the way, especially now, I turned on my air conditioner because I'm looking at my, I'm looking like a fucking hot dog right now. I'm turning so red. <laughs> it's so fucking hot in my, in this, uh, in this, uh, office. Jesus. You look like a Coney Island hot dog, I but do. that also has a side tech job. <laughs> that actually, that's what you look that's like. pretty accurate. Um, Wait, could you imagine? I mean, I'm sorry I keep interrupting you. No, you're but fine. Like, I, I just pulled up the, 
the thing just so I could see if I was still in frame. And I was looking at you and then I was looking at me and then I looked at you again and I was looking at me and I was like, damn, this is a really fucking weird porn category. <laughs> Very weird. <laughs> I don't know if your listeners watch your vi- the video version, but like, y'all, do what I just did. Like, do look at us four times and then think what category would we be? Okay, on that, I have a beef with you because on your last podcast... Sorry, what? Yeah, we're gonna... We, I, I gotta get into it because on your last podcast, you were talking about uh, Quarantine Bay who uh i'm sorry to bring up bad memories and then at the time you were you were i think i can't remember which is which quarantine who was 31 because you go 31 is a little bit older i thought he'd be more mature i'm 34 i've never felt more like i should have a fucking bush of gray pubes than you calling (laughs) a 31 year old old First of all, 31-year-old was quarantine. I can't believe you bring this up. Also, this shit was so long ago. Yeah, I hope I'm hurting your feelings now that I remember. No, you're you're not. You're old ass. No, you're not. (laughs) Listen, I don't even know why I'm talking. I'm 27, but I look like I'm 35. And it's been that way since I was 18. So I should probably uh, control myself and my judgments (laughs) and my ageism. But uh, he, yeah, yeah. What is there to say? Yeah, this dude fucking broke my heart we were virtually dating for months and he moved back to new york and started acting funny and then, then there was really, another dude and that that dude uh oh yes the other dude fabio fabio okay what's up with fabio he was so dumb he was so dumb and i just couldn't do it, it was really hot <laughs> casey really hot and listen at this point in my life casey oh wow i feel like i haven't podcasted in while well, you're getting me you're getting a really seasoned brianda because i haven't podded <laughs> in so long but listen this guy was really boring but I realized in distance because I had to let him go. He also, believe it or not, he smoked too much weed. It was almost like too much. <laughs> I need you to not smoke that much. And that's just real. I mean that. Um, but he, he in high, now I'm like looking back and I'm like, damn it. Now I got to find a new dumb hot guy because that's all I want. I don't want, I just went out with this before I went to Boston. I would run out with my friend who I fucking think is interested in me. I don't know. I hope he doesn't watch this, but <laughs> it was embarrassing. But I think he's into <laughs> me. He bought me a book like, I love books. Like only people, only my listeners know that I like love reading like that. And like, he got me this really good book. But anyways, he, we went out and he was like too cerebral. Like it was almost like, damn it. If you were cuter or like not even cuter, but if there was, if we had chemistry, this would be amazing. Cause you're so invested in me and my life. But sometimes I'm like, maybe you just listen to my podcast religiously. Is um, could this, I thought to my, could this dude, wait, get, let me just, sorry. Okay. So I keep going. All right, keep go going. Ahead. Oh, I was going to say, could this dude, could he could he bump himself up like a point on the attractiveness scale with like a workout regimen? Maybe stop eating carbs for a while uh, with money, with money for <laughs> sure. He could, could do that with money. I'm not kidding. Uh, <laughs> I, I believe it. I, it's honest. It's uh, but I believe it. I don't. I don't doubt it. Um, what I was gonna say was he was so he was so great, but it's too cerebral. I'm at a point in my life right now, like in, I'm in the psychological space where. I just want to like date with someone hot and dumb. And by dumb, I mean like not too, too dumb. Like I want them to have a job. I want them to be able to feed and clothe themselves. You know what I mean? But like I already, when I'm by myself, am over intellectualized and I'm constantly in my head and like strategizing and trying to do shit. And like in my head, it's like a part of my fucking neuroses. I think mm-hmm. that right now I don't want someone to like, feel that or even cause me to think too much right i just i like know right now i'm 27 years old i got like another year year and a half to like fuck around like and by fuck around you know i'm celibate because you watch the show so i'm I'm still celibate so i don't mean like 
fuck around in that way, which even if I didn't mean that, I shouldn't have to fucking justify that. Anyways, that was a uh, ADD, but I just want to be with someone dumb and hot right now. Yeah, that's. I <laughs> who, mean, that's who respects me. Who respects me? Well, then you're asking a lot. That's you're you're really uh, <laughs> really that's the thing that took it over the end. I don't think that those. I think you've and you've introduced a criteria that fights against the other ones. Those those three things are conflicting <laughs> agendas, right? I know because listen, sometimes when you find a dummy, a dum dum, a dum dum hot guy, they're so sexual, and I'm also not that. So I understand. I don't know what I want, Casey. I'm just like <clears throat> I'm a lost little bird, you know. I'm like a migrating bird. Um. <laughs> oh, you talked about wait, but you mentioned uh the my mia on the pod but oh yeah what's what's uh what's going on with the podcast so i moved to rwanda africa i'm actually <laughs> recording from there right now yeah. and i stopped doing the pod <laughs> no um i okay so this is a real talk in all seriousness like if you heard the last i'm gonna go ahead and say the last 10 to 12 episodes i feel like you can tell that we were in a very since the pandemic pandemic really we were in this space where we were getting acclimated with this whole new format mm-hmm. like the whole zoom thing the whole like all of it and let me just tell you something and this is something no one knows but for the first freaking 2 years of super trip it was all me i did every fucking single thing and for i had a good fucking 30 week run there where i was like on top of it on point but guess what a lot of other shit in my life had to take the the back had a back burner, back burner. Yeah. What's that expression? Back seat. You know the expression. Oh, thank you. English is not very good looking. Pero, um, <laughs> like I, I, and I, it wasn't until I had like a little baby manic episode. Uh, I think I talked about it on the pod in Jill back in July where I like, I have a eating disorder and I like binge. I had to go back to fucking treatment and like, it was a whole thing. But I remember thinking like, fuck dude, this thing took a year out of my life where I, didn't take a single acting class. Normally, I'm really on top of that. I didn't write not a single thing. I have so many unfinished um, specs and things that I would have otherwise put my like my energy and effort into. But you know this, obviously, with your program and your career. Like you are still pursuing your career and supplementing it with the pod, much like a lot of really successful people. They do other things and then they come to the pod. I feel like there was a separation between me and the small little pod group podcast community that I was beginning to, you know, um, uh, beginning to familiarize myself with and become chummy with. And the differentiating factor between my, my ideas of what I wanted from the pod and theirs is that they wanted the podcast to be their creative outlet. And that was what, that was what it was. And, which is all by listen by all means there are a lot of people who make bank those call her daddy girls no jumper mm-hmm. those girls like that's what they do but that's not what i wanted like i've always wanted to have a creative job outside hello i'm an actor i fucking love film and tv i would love to write one day for film and tv like i fucking love doing it i forgot that because mm-hmm. i was so consumed with download numbers and like getting guests which i fucking hate doing that's another yeah. thing i don't like to produce i don't like i don't even like like techie stuff like that like i, I really don't i want to be the te- i know it sounds like a brat like i'm being a brat right now but it's ultimately true like i just want to tell really fun stories put myself on a mic and i'll tap dance and i'll mm-hmm. fucking do it well if i if, if i try i don't know because i'm not yeah. i i self-deprecate a lot and that sounds so dumb but 
I really need to make a, dis- a distinction or like an amendment. It's like I self-deprecate, but I know I'm talented. I'm not a fucking complete dumbass. I just have a mental health issue. And when you're fucking starting anything up and you already have these setbacks and financial setbacks, shit's going to fucking happen, especially yeah. if you don't have the right people around you. And like that's the shit that people don't like to talk about. But yeah, well, I mean, that's I, I'll tell I'll tell you, I've uh I people who have made it to this podcast with me, I've I've had. So the th- first off, you get you become interested in different things as time goes on, right? Like I'm sure Super Trick Trip Talk has changed some since it started, and it's like relatively young. I had a podcast in 2014, so I'm on like podcast number nine, and they've usually been sp- like uh specialized. So like I had a craft beer podcast for a while. Obviously, look at me. I had a craft beer podcast. Uh, you're right. You're right. Yeah, I can see that. <laughs> I've had like I was doing uh, sports podcasts a lot, and now like uh, I don't. I was writing about sports, and that was like the 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 thing I was supplementing my income with. I don't really want to do that anymore. So like, does the like I don't know. I I also think this is the thing about uh, comedy that I said earlier is we all whenever you have a project that you care about you're going to care about it so much more than anyone thinks you should care about it. And they are probably right until they are wrong. Right. Until it is the thing. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. God, say it again. Say yeah. going. I don't even want to interrupt. Yeah. Well, so I think, uh, I think part of the deal is like, um, first off, if you don't like for me, I would be like, I haven't done the podcast in four months. I want it to be different for the, whatever listenership remains, uh, if I were to like put out an episode six months later, they probably don't want the thing that I was making anyway. And the ones that do, I'll let them find me somewhere else instead of. And also, again, it's like it's never been so the most successful one. I had a co-host at the beginning and then another co-host came on and it was really fun when it was fun. And then when it stopped being fun, it was like none of us are. Or, I mean, they're friends with each other now, but like I'm not friends with either of them anymore. We don't talk at all anymore. Oh shit! What happened? What happened? Oh, there was just some. I mean, it's like one guy moved to Chicago. Give me that white boy drama. White boy drama. <laughs> yes. One okay, guy moved to Chicago, and I think that at a point we were like not really great friends anymore. Anyway, and we. Uh, what happened? Was he flirting with your wife? No, no. He was always cool to my wife. He. Uh, I. I mean, I don't. I'm a little hesitant to talk about. He's like, I would say, just like not a great person in the ways that you would expect a late twenties dude to be not a great person. He was not a great person, and I had to like cover for shit and all that. And then he, uh, he and his uh, then fiance unfollowed me on Instagram, and I got a little. I was very sensitive about it. For uh, admittedly, I was very sensitive about it, and then. Uh, they got married and I was not invited to their wedding. Yeah. And, uh, oh, shit. which here's the one thing I'll say. They had a very small ceremony and I wouldn't have cared that I wasn't invited. And then you see the pictures and you're like that dude, like that dude's there, you know, like I, that's such like a shitty dick measuring thing. I recognize that, but I'm like that dude would not return your phone calls. You don't have his phone number. That dude was your FedEx delivery guy. Mm -mm. (laughs) What the dude was, was slightly more 
well known in like the Seattle sports blogosphere. Oh, what's his name? What's his name? Oh, he's a good dude. I don't want to. I don't want to call him out for sure. But call uh, him. Okay, then if he's a good dude, what's his name? Oh, a great, great fella named. Uh, no, is that it? Shit. Is he single? I bet he's single. Uh, okay. Yeah, hold on. Let me see. Maybe I'll share. Let me see if I can find it, and then I'll share a screen and see how white Brianda is willing to go. Because this guy no. is the whitest of the white. Um, I'm, I can uh, listen, I'll have you know, I've only, well, no, I've dated, I dated this half Puerto Rican, half white guy, but he was like white passing. I've all, my ex-boyfriends have all been white, unfortunately. Oh, I mean, fortunately, really sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my computer's moving too slow to get this guy up to. I think, yeah, is that his name now that I see I it? I can look him up. What's Matt, his name? I think it's, I guess I'll probably bleep this when I send out the podcast. Now that it's been a long time since I, but anyways, so like. I wouldn't have cared except for the fact that, like, like at one point, my uh, when I got married, he would have been a groomsman if he had, like, we became really great friends from the time that I got engaged to the time that we actually got married. And if I was, like, uh-huh. picking the groomsman again, I would have probably had him in my wedding party to, like, oh, two wow. years later, like, not talking to each other. And also just like, you know, behavior that I'm not willing to put up with from male friends uh, mm-hmm. as a married 31-year-old at the time or whatever. How old were you when you got married? Uh, How old was I? It was five years ago, so I was 29. Okay. And how old was your girl? I mean, your woman? Your wife? Your wife? Uh, <laughs> your she, wife. <laughs> she, is, uh, she was 27. She's two years younger ah, than me. Ah, fuck. I'm done. I'm done for. No one's marrying me. Yeah, it's over. No. It's pretty much done, dude. I don't know what I'm going to do. And I have no career. Like, at least let me be like a Nikki Glazer or something or like, I don't know who's someone else that's like provocative and is single. And oh, but she's also oh. depressed. Oh, and so am I. Ah! Yeah, I think I've met I've met Nikki Glazer, and she's she's like very Nikki Glazer works really hard and got very lucky to be Nikki Glazer, too, though. Like, I, I've no I've been aware of Nikki Glazer for well over a decade and it was like what do you mean got lucky don't you think that everyone kind of got lucky everybody that's successful kind of got lucky for sure I yeah think so. very rarely do i see like very rarely very rarely i'm talking about like i know like four or five people in different domains of life where i was like oh no they were going to make it regardless because they are that brilliant very rarely right. do i ever say that for everyone else i'm kind of like all right, you got lucky, and okay. Yeah. All right, you got lucky, and then you have the liberty and resources to become better. Which right. now, that's, well, that's the that's best the thing. Scenario. That's the shit they say that like an over. It takes ten years to become an overnight success. Like I do believe mm-hmm. that. I believe you. You when opportunity knocks, you I, you hope you're good enough. So like my favorite comic is Joe List. I think Joe List is Joe List. Yeah, he's yeah. fantastic, and I think he's funnier than a bunch of people with a million Twitter followers that sell out theaters but i mean he just didn't it didn't work out for him yet and maybe it maybe it'll it'll you never think whatever is say it again okay i have a I have oh a i remember the dude's you. name all right are you oh, trying to find him are you still trying he's the whitest guy ever and i'm going to tell you what he does for a living and i'm going to bleep all of this shit out so that i it never... no don't bleep it out yeah oh my uh my phone is going off uh Probably got a picture. <laughs> probably got a picture of him with a dog. Okay, hold on. Okay, let's see this shit real quick. 
All right. Okay. Um, ain't none of these guys. What is this? I don't know who. Any a comic? No, he's not a comic. He's a. Oh, I thought this was a comic. Oh no, I think I want to date a comedian. Oh, that's a dumb, a dumb, a dumb hot comedian. So I. Oh, good luck. There's no dumb hot comedians that are successful at all. Oh, they don't even need to be successful at this point. Oh well, then there's plenty <laughs> of them for you. Just you should just go to any open mic. You know what's crazy? No, this it'd be great because if they really suck, I'll be the funny one in the relationship, and then they'll feel really insecure. Oh, I love an insecure man. Nothing says healthy relationship <laughs> like breaking the dude's spirit every time you make a joke. <laughs> Yo, hey man, I had a go- wait. My ex, Mike, my ex, ex, two exes ago from. Uh, I'm not even gonna say where he's from, um, but he used to hate it when I would make jokes or like. Was he a do comic? Like funny. No, he was like a non a non industry. I've never Have dated, you dated an a comic. Or like, no, you've never dated. Oh. No, but I let one titty fuck me. Oh shit! Can you take that out? <laughs> Can you say who it is? Can you say who it is? No, absolutely not. I don't even know why I said that. I'm done. I'm pretty much over with. Like, I'm like going on agency mm. meetings now, and I'm thinking, fuck. If my agent looks at any of the shit that I have on YouTube, they wouldn't want to fucking work with me. <laughs> Just put it all on Patreon. They're not going to go to your Patreon. Oh God, I know they won't. Just put no a one big, else is, but, um... <laughs> <laughs> Wait, Casey, talk to me. Are you making money doing this? Like, hit me. Give me like the real tea. Give the listeners what they really want to hear. Uh, if I was gonna advise anyone anything, probably the Patreon stuff's good. I'm not doing great on it either. But uh, Anchor has, if as long as you maintain ownership of your feed, and so you could move without losing your subscribers. Uh, you can make $15 for every thousand listens. And so then that's like money. Just reinvest all that into advertising, right? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I heard, I've heard like nothing, nothing but terrible things about anchor. And There's, listen, I'll tell you why. Who, I'll tell you why. What? Talk to me. Talk to it's me. the reason is, is because they used to not let you own your own RSS feed. And so they had you by the balls. If you, uh, if you ever left anchor. They would keep all your subscribers, but that's not the way it is anymore. You have to have a little bit of a uh, of uh, podcast know how how to get it up on a on a onto Spotify and onto whatever. But it's I've had and I've been I've I was at Libsyn forever. I don't know what you use, but I was at Libsyn for a long time, and it's like all you're just basically what I was paying for was just someone to store a file and let other people download. I wasn't, you have to have like 30,000 downloads an episode to get advertising through them. Anchor day one, like 15 bucks per thousand listens. And that's like, you'll never get anyone to give you $15 per thousand listens. That's true. That's true. But needless to say, it's, this is no money. Like this is, that's like so much work for like, what are we doing here? Unless you really fucking love what you do. But at one point, you know, I have a question though. Have you ever, what was the closest you ever came to? quitting ooh quitting this podcast or comedy or what uh which do you care more about that one okay i mean i care more about comedy i've quit eight podcasts so like uh, i've i've come so close that i've done it mm-hmm. eight times this podcast is new enough that i don't hate it and i've made it like i'm just going to call people i find interesting i'm never going to uh, you get really good guests yeah i've, I've done i've done all right um and I did, I had one called Comedians in Quarantine that I didn't think was going to be so long because I didn't think this was all going to last that long. 
And I got some really good guests on that. Uh, Mike Cannon actually being one of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, Matthew Broussard. I love Mike. Oh, yeah, Mike's the hot guy. The yeah, hot he's like he's the... one of the best comics I've worked with. Also, he's uh, he's really good. Um, he's not he's not single though. I'm sorry to tell you. Uh, oh, I don't want no. I don't want that hot. That kind of hot. I want like a Tom Hardy kind of hot. He's like too perfect looking kind of hot. All right. I like the hot kind of hot where like their nose is broken or they have severe snaggle. Okay. But like everything else is on point. All right. Uh, so the co- <laughs> closest I came to quitting, I. I, gotta, <laughs> I love the transition. I'm uh listen. I think uh, flaws are good. Also, I you, like I. When my, this is what my wife and I have these discussions because like uh, Kristen Bell. Do you know Kristen Bell? Who that is? Yeah, she's kind of cross-eyed. Oh, is she? Because I I would say she's like. There's like she's I, hot. She's hot though. Well, but there's like to me, there's like it's too. She's like so good looking that it's like almost off putting. Like mm. I want like a weird shaped head. Give me a give me a big nose. A yeah. uh, 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 right small eyeballs. You have a weird shaped head. Big nose. Small. What Dude, yes, all of that. My fucking eight year old niece two days ago was like, "Titi, you have a very long head. Like, it's very <laughs> big." And I was like, "Little girl." Fuck you. Yes, I know. I feel like my, like, you know, the older I get, the more I realize that the cycles are like returning. Like when you were a kid, you used to get me in front of the same shit. And then I got tits and like people stopped making fun of me because I got hot. <laughs> now I'm getting like, the older I get, the less hot I'm getting. Like my shelf life is like, I'm excited my for you to be 31 using a cane. Oh, I hope you die before you turn 33. Yo, yo, jokes on you guys. Not not you, Casey, but like people who think that way because I'm a, I'm like still hot. Like I'm going to be I'm about to be fucking on some JLo Shakira shit, fucking drinking some kind of fucking blood. Virgin's know, blood, yeah. Um so I almost quit comedy. My cousin uh I have a cousin, I had a cousin that died of cancer and I was not doing great at comedy. Anyway, it was like the very beginning and I, he really liked stand up, And so I was going to show him my stand up, like that I had been doing stand up. I was like nine months in and, uh, he died. Like I was going to go see him three days after that. And it just fucked me up mentally. And I think I bombed for like six months straight after that and had this like weight of my cousin's death on me and a cousin I was pretty close with. And that was the closest I ever came where I was like, like bombing is hard. Bombing for six months straight is hard. But then also just being sad that you never got to share this with a person that you loved who would have enjoyed it. Every time you go on stage and bomb, that was like a real. And then I tried to make like a joke about him dying and it went fine. But I always kind of thought people were laughing for the wrong reasons. And then I got mad at myself and the crowd for laughing at the thing that I thought was just like a dark story and then you know it's like a cycle of shame and and depression and all that that's probably normal with grief but trying to run it through comedy so i came pretty close then i would say you know the reason why i love why i think it's kind of funny when people say like i had someone at the comedy cellar they they have this podcast over there and one of their co-hosts they brought me on and he was like oh so you're a comic and i of course i always quickly say no you know mm-hmm. that because i'm not and there's a huge distinction i don't want to like I would never do it. And I say, I say that I'm like repulsed by it. Cause I see so many people say that they're comics and they're absolutely not yes. like, 
you don't write your own things. You don't even write jokes, to be honest with you. I don't even know what you do. But um, the reason why he asked that and the reason why I get along with comics so much is because they, I don't know, they're like, they're not judgy people. Mm-hmm. A lot of them smoke weed <laughs> or sober, which I also fuck with sober people. Yeah. Like they're just, they're there. It's like the, the root, the, the, the heart of whatever of a good joke comes from a hundred percent truth and vulnerability. Mm-hmm. And then the rest is like, you fluff it up, right? That you, then you add your Casey McLean, um, flair or whatever right. have you i really get along with those types of people because i kind of like doing that myself when i talk to people yeah. like i like to saying salacious and provocative things because i hate being bored i i'm really bad at being miserable all of why i fucking stopped doing my podcast but like comedians are too yeah. <laughs> like most for the most part for the <clears throat> most part there are some really shitty fucking comics but yeah i think i would say that i agree i think you have a comedian I'm sorry about your cousin by the way oh thank you no uh Turns out, huge Nazi. I found out. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. No way. <laughs> My sister's dating a Nazi right now. Oh, congratulate! Well, the were the no, that's a uh, what's the Argentina got a lot of Nazis after World War Two? Is that right? Not not Dominican Republic. Oh, wait, no, oh they he did. is purebred. This guy's like straight up German. Because the uh, Dominican Republic got a lot of Russians, right? That's why you get so many Vladimir's out of Dominican Republic. Um, wow. I didn't know that. I think that's why Vladimir Guerrero is, uh, anyways, I, I gotta go pretty soon, but, uh, I will say that I think you have a comedian sensibility, which I don't actually think is, I think you have a real comedian sensibility. I don't think all comedians have a comedian sensibility because yeah, comedians don't, (laughs) comedians don't judge in the traditional sense, but what comedians do do is they take in the information and then use it against you in a joke later, right? Yep. So I might not, you might say, I smoke too much weed and I don't go, well, I'm not going to talk to Brianda anymore. She's a real pothead. But what I am going to do is the next time I have an opportunity to talk shit about that, I'm going to bring it up in an exaggerated form and fucking yeah and get a laugh out of it you know what i mean i love those people and then like why are you gonna fucking get a fat like don't get mad just laugh at the joke yeah. like just laugh at the joke yes little yes my honey my niece yes i do have a fucking big head and i look fucking 100 years old you're right but like she's eight she should be saying these things just laugh it's just so much easier to laugh like don't get hurt why yeah. get hurt life is so fucking grim anyways that's a perfect line to end it on. I <laughs> and think. on that note. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for doing yeah. it. Uh, I'll tag you in it. I hope that you um, get back to doing your podcast soon. I hope so, too. Thank you so much for having me. This has been really, really fun. Yes. It's been a while, so this is nice. Good. All right, I'm gonna end this. Good. It's always this is how all uh, conversations end now. Is someone looking for the end meeting button? Thank you so much for listening to that that conversation with Brianda. I hope that you enjoyed it. I really did. <laughs> There's one part that I left in. I will have bleeped a couple things, but I left a thing in that I was listening today and I was like, did she did she ask for it to be taken out? But it was supposed to be funny. So hopefully if you're listening, Brianda, hopefully you haven't sent me a an angry DM that I didn't take that one thing out. <laughs>
It's so smoky in Washington State right now. Oh, my God. I got a, an air purifier. I ordered my mom an air purifier. Uh, she paid, but I'm not, I'm not, I'm not bawling like that, but I, I did order it and she Venmoed me. That's how, that's how uh, young and hip my mom is. She Venmoed me. This is, uh, as bad as I've seen the air quality in my life. I think for most people, my mom is in her sixties and she said the same. She was here. Uh, she was in Washington State when Mount St. Helens blew up, and I think that the thing about Mount St. Helens was it kicked a lot of ash up into the air, but it wasn't the sustained smoke. And then there's, I I feel the same feeling about the smoke as I have about the early stages of COVID, where people are like, well, you know what we need is we need, everyone's got to wear a mask. And they're like, well, masks work this much. And then we're like, okay, well, then they're like, actually, masks work really well in this scenario. And you're like... Well, that's different than what you said last time. And then they go, oh, actually, what we found out is masks don't work that way, but they do work this way. And you're like, it's confusing, right? We need a vaccine. And you're like, oh, yeah, hell yeah, we need a vaccine. That's the finish line. And then they're like, well, a vaccine may not solve everything. And then we're like, well, what the fuck are we waiting for then? What's the, what are we, what is the, what is the end? Tell us when the end is going to be. Give us something to look forward to. And so with the smoke, they were like, uh. It's got to rain, not the <laughs> not the black weather reporter on Family Guy. It's gonna rain, but it's it has to rain to get this smoke out of the air. And then it rained, and that didn't solve the problem. An article came out that said, "Oh, the rain isn't gonna really do much." And it's like, "What the fuck do we? What do we? How do we get this stuff out of here then? Like, what am I looking forward to apart from?" Sweet, sweet death. What are we looking forward to? We barely, I went out in a, I did a stand-up show on Sunday and it was in horrifically smoky, smoky conditions. I even, I made a joke about it. I'm going to put out some videos of at least audio of me doing stand-up in these backyards because I do think it's going to be fun as a comic to look back on this time in the same way that people look back fondly on like being hazed, uh, not no pun intended on being hazed in like college where it's like, yes, this sucks, but it's going to be crazy to look back on these pictures where every single picture looks like a Banksy paint painting and, uh, it's smoky. There's like three horrific things going on at one time. And I'm doing stand-up in somebody's backyard. Uh, it was fun, by the way. Book me to do stand-up comedy in your backyard. I'm not that expensive. I've actually, I've been out with uh, Gabriel Rutledge twice. And uh, both times. So I'm going to go out with him again, hopefully next Saturday. This Saturday, if you're listening to this. Uh Live? Not live. And both times I've gone out with no, I just said, I just want to go, I just want to go do stand-up. It's made me really realize how much I miss doing stand-up. So like a year ago, a show in a backyard, I'd probably turn down if it didn't pay well. And now that's the only show in existence. <laughs> so, uh. If you guys are listening to this, shout out to Cliff and Tony, the guys that book these shows. You're uh, you're sweet guys. Uh, 
gentlemen, scholars, etc., etc. In both cases, I went out with no expectation of being paid to do the show. There was an agreed upon price that was Gabe's price. I harassed Gabe into letting me bring, letting him, getting him to bring me as an unpaid opener just so I can go. I just want to, when it's back, I want to still be good. <laughs> I want to, I, I took three months off and did comedy in June and it felt like the first time uh, on my first set back. And that's after doing like several Zoom shows. So shout out to those guys. Uh, they ended up paying me. They both ended up paying me, which is very nice. In both cases, I told them you don't have to do that. And in both cases, they did it, which is very, very nice. Uh, Gabe's a great guy, by the way. Go check out his podcast, The Rutledges. He also has an album that I did some work on called uh, Good Luck in Court. Go check that out. And then the NFL came back. Which is honestly a surprise. About two weeks before the NFL was back, before the before the Sunday, not before the Thursday, I remember thinking, I was like, holy shit, we're going to have football. This is going to be, especially because football, like in baseball, every pitch you can see fans, basketball, you can see fans. Football, you don't really see the fans that much. The the camera angle, you don't see the fans. So it's just those like those B-roll shots. They have cameras trained on the fans, and they'll show those sometimes. But in baseball, every play, basketball, every play, you can see fans in the crowd. And so I felt like football, of all the sports so far, football's translated the best. I also like so the everyone's mad at the Chiefs fans for um booing during the moment of unity, the moment of silence. I have belabored my stance on protests during the national anthem on past podcasts, but if it's your first time listening, I was disgusted by the way the world reacted to Colin Kaepernick. I think we all deserve freedom of expression. Colin Kaepernick made an ultimate financial sacrifice. He had to know that he risked pissing off owners, pissing off uh, the, the league, and he did it anyway. That's bravery. That's real bravery to sacrifice your financial future for a cause that you believe in. So often we hear this big talk from people who sleep in dorm rooms and <laughs> whose parents are paying their rent. And they're not making actual financial sacrifice. That's, uh, I think that's where I run into, oh man, who was the guy? There was a, a guy that I disagreed with, but that made financial sacrifice. And I, I respect it. I always respect somebody actually putting their neck on the line. Even if I disagree with them in a way that's, by the way, by the way, here's another meme I see all the time. Oh, uh, it's like a guy who goes, uh, I respect all viewpoints, all political viewpoints, including the fascist ones. First off, nobody says that, but this is what I've, I've used this analogy several times before, but it's like, 
I might have, did I even say this to Brianda? I've used it on multiple podcasts now, but like if you're gonna believe that Black Lives Matter, if you wanna if you wanna go th- with this, not if you wanna believe Black Lives Matter, that's a stupid way of saying that, but if you believe in what that organization and movement is about, then it has to apply to the uneducated, homophobic forklift driver that lives in Oklahoma that's black also. That doesn't mean that's the guy that you love being a representative of your cause. I don't know anybody that's like, yeah, we should really listen to those fascist points of view. But what we do do is we go, oh, anybody that has an opposing viewpoint must be a Nazi or a fascist. And frankly, I don't. So if you look up the definition of fascism, there's some differing things that point it on a on an end of the political spectrum. But I think we are very much headed towards an attempt at authoritarianism in this country. And I can't, I I tell you, I don't think it matters if it's a Democrat or a a Republican. I think we are facing uh, an authoritarian immediate future. And so that's, that's the shit to me is like this, this team picking and religion bullshit with, uh, with politics is so embarrassing. I've I've said it on this podcast. I said it to Brett Ernst. I said it on Gabriel Rutledge's podcast. I call the and I'm on the left, but I call I call the left the new Puritans because it used to be that if you were on the left, you uh, believed in many of these ideals of freedom of expression because. The things, the expression that was being curbed, you agreed with. But now that we disagree with it, this is the Harper's Letter bullshit that we talked to. I said it to Lewis Logic also. I feel like like supporting the Harper's Letter, or I brought up uh, a bunch of people to, to Brianda, and I encourage everyone to check these folks out. Uh, Coleman Hughes, Megan Dom, Katie Herzog, Bridget Fetessy. Uh, Glenn Lowry, 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 uh, Brett Weinstein. I don't know that much shit about his brother, but these are all to me, like these are reasonable, rational, educated people who have a nuanced view on politics and race and religion, etc. They're not all Bridget Fetessy's trying to be funny. And Brett Weinstein is not. Weinstein or Weinstein? I think I'm fucked up because I think Rachel Feinstein likes Feinstein, but does Weinstein like Weinstein or Weinstein? <sighs> Unimportant to this podcast. Um, If you book me to do comedy in your backyard, I don't know what point I was trying to make. I forgot. But if you book me to do comedy in your backyard, I promise I will bring none of this up. I'm apolitical on stage on purpose. Uh, I like performing in front of conservatives and liberals alike. So book me to perform in your backyard. Send me a DM uh, wherever you follow me at. Please follow me and we'll figure out the price. It'll be fun. Do you miss comedy? Because people keep telling me they miss comedy and then... 
Nobody wants to book a... I'll bring a PA, too. I have a PA. I have microphones. If push comes to shove, I can bring a light. Wherever you live, I probably know a comic that lives there. As long as... It, this is this is my rule. Uh, I want to be able to leave my house at 4 p.m., perform the show, and be back in my bed at midnight. So that means like a three-hour drive is about what I'm good for. So if you have that, if you're within three hours of Tacoma, Washington, or you want to do it on a weekend, or you want to do it earlier in the day on a weekend, preferably because I have a family that loves me, they say, uh, hit me up. We'll talk about my available dates. I actually have some some conflicts coming up, which is nice to say, by the way. So, yeah, follow me. Thanks, by the way. Thank you to Brianda, uh, Brianda Agramante. I'm going to go back and figure out if I remember her on Orange is the New Black. Uh, follow me on Twitter at the Casey McLean, Instagram at the Casey McLean. Share this podcast with a friend. Go to the Patreon, the Casey, or uh, patreon.com slash the Casey McLean. There's full-length interviews. There's video. There, You'll get the podcast early. If it comes out early, this one is not going to come out very early, but it will be up there the night before it drops at minimum and uh, sometimes multiple days before. I've had it up on a Sunday before. So go check that out, patreon.com slash McLean. Let me perform in your backyard. Please, for the love of God, please. I just want to do stand-up. All right. Thank you for listening, and I'll talk to you next week.